Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gold Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman, Isaiah out in the desert, and my father, Mike Golick Sr. Dad, uh, happy preseason round two eat day eve. I think that's the right greeting for the sickos holiday. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, looking forward. It's just anytime this day arrives, it always, and I'm sure it does for anybody who's, who's played at any level of football, go back to, you know, the first game of a season, preseason, first game, whatever, especially for, you know, whether it's a high draft pick who's going to get a chance tonight, like uh, like a C.J. Stroud uh, for Houston or that undrafted free agent who is maybe going to get two or three reps and and try and build on that. It's a, it's a nerve-wracking experience because you go from one level to the next, in this case college, to the NFL, and you've had training camps, you know, and you've had practices with other teams, which is which is actually kind of the new preseason now, and and I get it, but man, it's it's game day, you know, and uh, it's uh it's just a cool thing, of uh, how you prep for it and what happens and the nerves you go through and 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 you hope you come out of it a not being hurt and b that you did something as I've always told lower draft picks or undrafted players, and I'm sure I told you is. You know, try and try and stand out in film. Try and have a play or two where the coach rewinds it and says, "Look at this," and you get more reps because of it. So it's uh, even though guys that are playing tonight have been playing all their lives, it's still a nerve-wracking experience. 
I do appreciate that every time something like this comes up, I'm reminded people always ask the question of when someone like the Pope who speaks 16 languages or whatever it is goes to sleep, what language does he dream in that kind of tells you, you know, where you're actually from, what you most adhere to in these situations. When I ask these questions with dad, it's he always is going to dream in the language of former player. That's where he's going yeah. to go. I'm sitting here like a sicko going, six and a half million people watched that uh, Hall of Fame game preseason game just like me. I'm going to be glued to the couch over here. This is going to be awesome. Maybe I've tried to repress, Dad, the memories <laughs> of me waiting on the sideline like a puppy, hoping to go in and getting denied early on in my preseason career. And that's why I look at it this way here, because I am totally focused on the watching experience. We got to, this is, you know what it is? Good reps for us as viewers as we got the Monday night doubleheaders during the weekend. We got a Thursday night doubleheader, Houston versus the Patriots, Seattle versus Minnesota. Tons of promising rookies. But, Dad, you, yeah. even after all these years of a broadcaster, are always going to be a player no matter what. Always. I'm always going to think of things from a player. I'll never forget somebody, I think after I got put into the uh, – and I don't mean this in a bragging way, but it's part of the story – when I got put into the, the second – Hall of Fame for broadcasting, um, which which is very cool. Uh, and I'm certainly anybody who knows me in my career of nine years, I am not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, nor will I ever be. And I have to pay to get in there like everybody else. You know, I, I remember somebody asking me, do you, do you take more pride in or think more about you when you're dreaming at night, more about your, your broadcasting career or your football career? I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I said, never once, my line has always been, never once has I woken up from a good dream going, oh my God, what a great segment that was. You know, it was always, you know, I was actually sacking a quarterback, you know, which I didn't do a lot in my career or making a big play or our team winning. You know, that's the stuff you dream about. I remember somebody asked Bill Curry that, who, who played legendary career. Again, a guy not in the Hall of Fame, but played for Vince Lombardi, played for... You know, uh, Don Shula's of the world was the quarterback for Bart Starr and, and other greats and played with great players, the Ray Nitschke's of the world. And somebody said, how do you, you know, and then a broadcasting career to which we worked together at ESPN. And he was like, you know, how do you want to be remembered? And he said, you know, on my tombstone, it doesn't want to, I want nowhere do I want broadcaster. You know, I want football player. I was a football player and that's what I'll always be is a football player and you know at least we were so it's not totally like happy gilmore with i'm a hockey player oh yeah what team did you play for you know it 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 is something that will always be with me and while i try and be unbiased in my in my opinion my want is always for good things to happen to players even though sometimes i have to talk about the other side of it which doesn't go well for players at times yeah, I really am more like uh, Happy Gilmore now that I think of it there um, as far as my pro career. So it, it, it does make total sense. And to that point, Dad, about living this dream of being a football player, I did see a whole bunch of people get exposed to the idea of the depth chart or listing in the NFL. For some yeah. reason, Adam Schefter and other people were caught off guard by that. So coming up here in a little bit, I want to play a game called or. 
Simply that. I'll explain it to you then. We'll get through a couple of important headlines coming out of training camp and their long-term implications. We've also got our buddies from the Cooligans coming back on here to help do the uh, autopsy on the U.S. women's national team and figure out if we might just be this now, which is my biggest worry coming off this World Cup is based on some of the trajectory of things deep down in places we don't want to talk about at parties. Is it going to be like this more often going forward? So we'll talk with that about them. But, Dad, speaking of how people view themselves, at this point, based on what we saw this morning, according to new memoir uh, uh, bites released by Billy Walters, who is writing the book on him and Phil Mickelson's gambling habits, I am wondering if Phil Mickelson sees himself more as a gambler than a golfer because, my God, this dude was out here working. Uh, over the course of nearly four years gambling with Billy Walters, who was Phil Mickelson's partner. Remember, back when Phil Mickelson got into all the trouble about everything that was going on with Live Golf, a lot of this was connected to information being collected for this memoir by Billy Walters, who was sentenced to five years in prison for insider trading in connection with Phil Mickelson. The book says that Phil Mickelson lost nearly $100 million gambling Averaged nine bets a day in 2011, made 43 Major League Baseball bets in one day, and once tried to bet on a Ryder Cup that he was playing in, which, Dad, as you pointed out, wasn't actually against the rules back then. Yeah, the I believe it was in 2018 there was something... Uh, that was done in the PGA where it was said you couldn't bet on yourself, especially in the States. Overseas sometimes can be a different different bird. Uh, so, But in the States, you couldn't bet on yourself as a golfer. But that was in 2018. And this was before 2018. It's kind of like the, uh, like the um, uh, steroid rule in football. You know, when it came into being before that, it was considered, hey, you shouldn't really be doing this, but there was no mandate and it wasn't in the, the CBA. So I, I'm sure it was frowned upon uh, in golf, but there was no rule against it, it seems, before 2018, if I'm reading uh, the articles correctly. Uh, this man loved to gamble, you know, and, and, and he certainly had the ability to, to his, his average bet certainly differs from the Iowa State players we were talking about last week who were averaging about $18 per bet when Phil's probably averaging about 50 G per vet per bet. <laughs> it's the numbers on this are staggering and they have this all listed in the article between 2010 and 2014 Phil Mickelson bet $110,000 to win $100,000 a total of 1,115 times on 858 occasions he bet 220 grand to win 200 grand the sum of those gross wagers came out to more than $311 million. On one day that they mentioned, June 22nd of 2011, Phil made 43 bets on Major League Baseball games, resulting in $143,000 of losses. All told, uh, this man said, based on our relationship and what I have learned from others, Phil's gambling losses approached not $40 million, as had been previously reported. But much closer to $100 million. In total, he wagered more than a billion dollars during the past three decades. And good Lord, Dad, does this make it pretty understandable to realize why Phil Mickelson took that live money. So, I mean, listen, we, we outside of the insider stuff and, and the illegal things going on, you look at the gambling and, and super producer Brandon before the show, he had a good question. For Phil Mickelson, does he have a gambling problem or a gambling passion? 
because it's all relative, right? I, I mean, it, it, it really is. I mean, I go into the casino, you go into the casino, you make a bet within our range and I've never been one to chase or I do it very rarely and I stay within the means of if I lose it, it's okay. Phil Mickelson is worth right at this point and, and plus or minus $875 million. So his gambling money amount seems staggering to us, but it's all relative, right? How much is that to, to you or me walking into, in, into a casino or placing a bet? So as long as it's legal, you know, I, I sit there and you sit there and say, does he have a problem or is he just a bad at it? Because we hear the, the Barkley losing money as well. And it's like, man, are these guys just bad at gambling? But they have the money to gamble. And as long as you don't hear about, oh, man, he's got to deal with this bookie, you know, to make up for his losses or he's in cahoots now because, you know, he's he's upside down. You don't hear any of that. At least I haven't. Well. I, I felt like we did hear a little bit of that uh, towards the end, so maybe the jury's out on that one. But to your point True. about is he bad at it, this might be the funniest expert from all of this. Um, again, Billy Walters wrote, The first six months of our agreement ran like secretariat. The offshore bookies failed to detect anything different in the pattern of Phil's bets other than he was winning far more often. Despite our best efforts to keep the two accounts alive, it wasn't long before offshore bookies closed them. They told Phil the bets were far more disciplined than usual, so they knew they weren't solely his. Dad, he handed in a paper that somebody else wrote, and they handed it back with the letter grade A and said, see me after class. Yeah, there you go. Hey, whatever works, right? Whatever works. But I'm always amazed. I know you and I, we've played blackjack together. We know kind of where our limits are. If we were worth $875 million, man, would that change what I bet per hand in blackjack. That's for damn sure. Phil Mickelson takes the mean girl's approach to gambling. The limit does not exist, and uh, that is clearly <laughs> evident in the excerpts from this book. <laughs> hey, Dad. What do you do when you're out with friends, the waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help? Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision and just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, well, we close the book on Phil for a little bit, Dad, and open up some training camp headlines here. The name of the game is Or. So 
if anyone missed it, the San Francisco 49ers put out their quarterback or their depth chart for their team and the backup quarterback spot, the competition between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, which saying that out loud still feels insane, had the or yeah. listed in it. Adam Schefter and others felt like that was the first time they had seen something like that, <laughs> even though it's pretty apparent always. And God, if you're a college football fan, you're used to this oh, level of secrecy. Absolutely. I wanted to play a little game called or basically every radio bit ever boils down to either or. And so we're just going to take the either out of that thing. Dad, I'm going to give you a couple of training camp headlines and you're going to pick this or that out of the two of them okay. that you think is more likely uh, in honor two of the games we've got tonight, Houston versus New England, Seattle versus Minnesota. Dad, let's start off with this since the Vikings are playing. Better chance of making it back to the playoffs this year, Giants or Vikings. DraftKings Sportsbook has the Minnesota Vikings plus 115 to make it back to the playoffs, the New York Giants plus 160. So they're leaning a little bit uh, in favor of our friends in uh, in blue. Uh, I would sorry, lean, sorry, in purple. I would, in purple, yeah, to Minnesota. I would lean to Minnesota. And, and basically, Mike, because of the division, right? Uh, I think Chicago is not ready to make – I think they'll be better. I think Green Bay goes down. I think Detroit's the favorite, but we're still not sure. So I definitely think it's Minnesota. While the Giants are in with the Eagles and the Cowboys in their division alone, I know all three made it last year, but I'll lean toward Minnesota in this one because of the division. Yeah, these teams both prime for regression, right? They were the two best records in one-score games. The Vikings won a record 11 one-score right. games last season. The Giants were 8-4-1 and one there. So, Dad, I'd, I'd probably lean the same direction because of that. The NFC East has bullies in it already. And this is a bet the Giants made, right, on Daniel Jones taking the next step if this is going to happen for them. That was the whole idea, you know, weapons-wise. Jalen Hyatt, their pick out of Tennessee, has been popping during camp. There is some downfield thought there, Darren Waller and what he could help open up for this offense. But I, I still have my doubts, especially in that division and with their schedule. I think uh, looking at them, according to the uh, FTN Almanac with Aaron Schatz, they have the fifth toughest schedule heading into this season. The Giants down at 15th right now. So could be a tougher road to go for them. I'm with you. I'd probably lean Minnesota and have the Giants on the outside looking in. Uh, Dad, we have a bunch of youngsters playing tonight. So, better offensive rookie of the year uh, chance here. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver for Seattle. Bryce Young, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Or C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for the Houston Texans. DraftKings Sportsbook has Bijan Robinson as the odds-on favorite right now, followed by Bryce Young, then Anthony Richardson, then C.J. Stroud. Jackson Smith and Jigba, plus 1,500 with the sixth-best odds. Well, sticking with the three uh, you gave me, <clears throat> I'm taking um, Smith and Jigba out of it because while Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver, was the offensive rookie of the year last year, and if it wasn't him, it would have been Brees Hall. Wilson's a receiver. Mike, they have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as wide receivers on that team. So all of a sudden, Smith and Jigba is not going to be the man on that. So he is going to be third in line there. So I'm going to go to one of the quarterbacks. And I had said I would take C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, not meaning Bryce Young is not a good quarterback. So I'll stick with that here uh, and, and lean towards C.J. Stroud, though I may like the Carolina defense a little bit better, which certainly could help the offensive side of the board. But I'll go C.J. Stroud. 
Yeah, I'd go Bryce Young on this one for the reason you mentioned. You know, both of them actually have a little bit better line than most young quarterbacks would have in yep. front of them. The line in Houston, stacking highly paid guys, Laramie Tunsil leading the charge there. But defense on the other side that could make a big jump, certainly in Carolina. And listen, both of them play in divisions that outside of maybe one team in the New Orleans Saints look uh infinitely more competitive than a lot of others. So I'll go with them. We have had wide receivers win the last two years. Jamar Chase in 2021 was oh, also right. the offensive rookie of the year. So it's been a good mix on the offensive side of the ball. It was Herbert in 2020, Kyler Murray in 2019, and then you went Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara in the two years before that. So a healthy mix of running back, quarterback, and wide receiver at offensive rookie of the year. It hasn't quite gone the direction of NFL MVP just yet. Um, all right, Dad. Better chance of returning back to normal in 2023, Mac Jones or Russell Wilson? Well, I mean, some people may lean to Russell Will or Mac Jones because he actually has an offensive coordinator this year in Bill O'Brien and not what, what the hell went on last year there. But I have more faith in Russell Wilson's career and what he's done. That last year was more abnormal to what we'll see this year. Sean Payton knows how to have his guys not throw a lot of interceptions. Russell Wilson still moves incredibly well uh, in the pocket. So I, while I don't like what Sean Payton's been doing, obviously, when saying and some of the things going on in Denver, I, I will lean toward Russell Wilson because of the track record. I may actually go with Mac Jones on this one just because it's a little bit simpler formula. Bill O'Brien's been there. We're not that far removed from success for Mac Jones. For Russ, this has been the last few years that he's been on decline from the last couple of years into Seattle until last year. Or obviously last year, career worse in completion percentage, passing touchdowns, quarterback rating, on and on down the list. He was bad at pretty much everything last year. And Sean Payton's going to have to do a little bit of fitting. This isn't an easy plug and play for the offense they ran in New Orleans with uh, Drew Brees for so long. Different quarterback. That was the stuff that got Russ in trouble. So I'll go Mac Jones on this. Dad, last one here, quick one. Better chance for running back revenge this season. Saquon, Josh Jacobs, or Jonathan Taylor? Listen, all excellent running backs. Uh, Taylor in Indianapolis behind an offensive line that really regressed last year. They're going to need to pick that back up. I love what Jacobs has done. And now, you know, they, you have a good passing quarterback in Garoppolo out in Vegas if he's there. But I think, and so I think they're all excellent, but I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Great investment in the offensive line there. Daniel Jones can also run, which certainly helps. And even though Anthony Richardson can run, he's still a rookie quarterback uh, it, with the Colts. So I kind of, I will go with, while all three are really excellent running backs, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I guess it depends on what revenge looks like here because I think Saquon Barkley is probably in the best position to perform well yet again, and it would be great for him to string a couple of healthy years together. But, man, this situation in Vegas seems tenuous right now. Jimmy Garoppolo quite literally limping into this. Josh McDaniel playing with his job on the line going into this season. And if it all goes belly up, especially if Josh Jacobs either gets dealt or manages to actually take this holdout into the year, and that thing looks badly, you know, you know I should say, Addition by subtraction for him, I guess, in this case, watching it all fall apart without him on the field could be revenge, but I'm with you. Saquon Barkley seems like he's probably best positioned to actually. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. 
Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. All right, we'll have the guys from the Cooligans pod on here in just a little bit to try and figure out what is ailing the U.S. women's national team that got bounced from the World Cup and check in on this whole messy situation in MLS. It seems like he's really coming over here and ragdolling us something serious in a way that I can't tell if it's the goal, if this is exactly what they wanted, or if we should be a little bit embarrassed by what's going on here as he has just come in, one of the greatest players of all time, and just started steamrolling everything that we have to offer as a soccer community over on this side but dad a, a big week for football related content our football um we had hard knocks premiere tuesday and we had the johnny manzel documentary the untold series that also documented manti teo's 2020 uh 2012 season excuse me with the fake girlfriend and everything there did you watch both of them yet dad are we caught up i i'm caught up on everything on hard knocks i watched and the johnny manzel which which was very interesting watching Johnny Manziel because a that was you know right when you know me and Greeny doing Mike and Mike that was all going on right then, and b it was during your guys you and your your brother Jake in Notre Dame that twelve and O season when you guys played in the national championship. Manti was I believe was he the runner up or was he third to Manti? He was the runner up. So yeah, he, he was, was the runner he was up. the runner up. Third was Colin Klein from Kansas State who from also made the appearance State. in this documentary. Yes, yes, he does. And we wished Kansas State was playing in that title game against you guys instead of Alabama. But that's a whole other thing day. that I'm sure still rips at you. But uh, the Johnny Manziel, listen, we all kind of knew what went on because that was – I know you guys all dug him because he was kind of the the anti-establishment, man, I'm doing it my way type of guy. This is college. I'm practicing. I'm playing. Then I'm going to have fun with my boys. And I don't give a damn what you think. And when he was as good as he was – all the old timers just kind of turned a blind eye and say, yeah, yeah, that's our guy. Go go do your thing. Cliff Kingsbury was his offensive coordinator, which there were some things I had to be reminded of. And basically it took Cliff about one practice to say, okay, this guy does it differently. We're just going to let him do his own thing. And his own thing won them games. <laughs> well, and what Cliff said there specifically to me was one of those things – I've heard a lot of coaches say, which is, if this is what he needs to come out and produce for us like this, so be it. We'll figure it out later on. And that's the reason. And listen, I don't want to remove any of the agency from Johnny Manziel. He made these choices. And I'm sure he right. had people there that were trying to dissuade him from making these choices. Maybe Cliff wasn't one of them. But in a lot of cases, you will have. This is not Johnny Manziel specifically. But in plenty of places, coaches look and say, all right, is it affecting the way you play? Nope. All right, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And then you saw the stark difference 
of college ball. And again, after he won the Heisman, he decided they're making millions, tens of millions off my back. I'm going to start making some money. So we got into everything that we talked about. You guys all saw of him signing autographs and getting money. But one of the biggest things for me was everybody wants to talk about, oh, the difference of college and pro. The first thing we always mention is speed of the game. Okay. That's on the field stuff. It seemed Johnny Manziel had the ability to play in the league. But as I've always said, and I haven't said, it's always been said, you can be drafted and you can you could be a pro athlete, but that doesn't mean you're a professional. And Johnny Manziel had no idea, nor did he want to be a professional. He had the physical tools to be on the field in the NFL, but he did not have anything else that it took from where it does it while you're still playing a game it becomes a job and he was not willing to do there there are there are guys and like you went through it i mean you did all the things you needed to do to be on the field it just didn't work out on the field for you but you had the work ethic and and, and the smarts and all that and were willing to put in the time for johnny he had that ability to be on the field but he didn't do anything off the field Again, to watch zero film, to not be prepared at all and not try and be prepared, he was he was unhappy that the pro game wasn't like college and he could just be a frat boy. He actually had to be a professional, and he didn't want to do it. I think it gives me a deeper appreciation because obviously everyone's going to look at this, and I, I'm sure some people still rightly come down on Johnny Manziel for the decisions that he made for clearly uh, throwing off help at every turn, right? And towards the end, yeah. you saw it really spiral. Yeah, he talked about his plans to commit suicide at one point later in the documentary there. Obviously had the stint in rehab, all of these things that did get very serious. But after he won the Heisman, family couldn't tell him anything. His parents were like, you wouldn't <clears throat> listen to us. Everyone on and right. on and down the list kind of said the same thing there. But it's a level of attention that we see athletes getting. And Johnny Manziel won the Heisman as a freshman, as was documented in here. We see all the time players are drafted as 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, which seems so old when you're in college, these people going off to do the grown thing. But the further and further I get from it, it makes me amazed that any of these players are able to do this. And when you see someone like Patrick Mahomes come in and immediately become the guy, Get into the yeah. NFL, get handed millions of dollars, go out here and listen, sits for one season behind Alex Smith, but then after that, comes in and is immediately NFL MVP, five straight AFC championships, all the Super Bowls, and be able to handle it so well and to be able to go about receiving all this attention and seemingly not crumble underneath the weight of it, I think it should give us a deeper appreciation for the guys that do harden themselves and are able to go and approach it, like you said, as a professional as an early age, because this does remind you there is a lot lumped on these guys. Again, I don't want it to sound like I'm excusing everything that Johnny did in this, but it right. is an understanding that it is abnormal for 99.9% .9 of us, and that 0.1% usually handles us with more grace than they should. Yeah, no, you, listen, you're right, because he's not the first or last college great player that will be kind of allowed to skirt things and do things their way, right? Kind of do it their way. And it, we just saw how he did it. He basically didn't give a damn about anybody else who was going to do it his way. But there are others that have done that. But it was just then a different, it's just a different animal at the pro level of how you have to conduct yourself and he just he wasn't willing to do that. And then then to hear he, when he went on like a five million dollar spent spending bid, she wanted to just be a bad person 
as he said, that led to him, you know, having the out of committing suicide. But as he mentioned, the gun missed, clicked instead of going off. And, you know, and, and that was that he, di he didn't do that. Uh, but it, it, what a what a tale that was of, I mean, in such a kind of like a shooting star moment, you know, coming from high school and then being that that freshman and having all that glory on you where all of a sudden you have to take. And I love Cliff Kingsbury's line. Listen, he couldn't go out anywhere. He couldn't even go to his classroom to take classes. So they had him do courses online. Pause. Cliff Kingsbury. And that wasn't a great idea. I mean, yeah. he just wasn't going to do it. Right. But he was he was he got out of everything, including, you know, smoking weed, you know, before the combine, a week or two before the combine and able to skirt that. So it was just more and more in his head. I can get away with this stuff. I can get away with not following that rule, not watching film, not doing this, not doing that. And you know what? It, it just caught up with him. And I know he's living out in Scottsdale right now, and hopefully things have turned around for him. But, man, it, it was one of those where you saw a talented guy and you just kind of shake your head and boy, go, wow, I uh, just couldn't hack it at the next level. And and there are, there are guys from the mental side of it and what they're used to working and understanding the work ethic, like a Patrick Mahomes and saying, okay, I was – people that were great in college, now they have to go to the NFL and they understand the professional part of it or they learn it quicker than others and they can then just kind of assimilate to what they need to do. Yeah, some guys want to be professional. Some guys want to be football players. Johnny Manziel wanted right. to be famous and have fun. Like that's that's clearly, yep. right. he stated it more or less. I'm paraphrasing some, but that was kind of what he wanted to do. And you're right, back when we were young, I mean, it, this was, I remember watching that Heisman ceremony with a bunch of my friends because Manti was there. I remember watching that season unfold because them beating Alabama directly affected Alabama. us in the course yes. of that season. So now, all of those things came into play there. And you look at that and you see the way he's doing it and you're young, you're like, oh man, that's awesome. He's hanging out with Drake. He's chilling with all these rappers. He's living the dream that most of us at that point, when you're chasing that goal of getting to that level and being recognized you want and now you look back on it and man it just it, it all it all feels kind of sad and even he I, I thought in retrospect looking back kind of understood the opportunity that he felt like he potentially missed for himself professionally even if at that time it, it felt like the fun thing to do and what he wanted to do the crazy part about all this dad because I don't think we ultimately learned all that much from this documentary yeah, no, we did like and maybe part of that is like you said we lived it we got to see this going right back then all the conversations about you know skirting the ncaa rules like that stuff's peanuts him going and signing autographs right. and getting tens of thousands of dollars for that one like great go off i love that i root for that that stuff is nothing to me but the notion that they concocted it because his buddy nate from high school was sort of his manager for lack of a better term yes. when he was in college as they documented and then dropped him like a bad habit when it got to the draft certainly um, did they hadn't spoken that was wild to hear that was a wild plot twist to that but yeah the one thing that popped up in there and my biggest takeaway from all this and i saw others tweeting about it not a unique thought for me is he was the one that helped concoct the notion that Joe, uh, that Johnny Manziel's family came from money. Now, apparently yes. there is oil money deep somewhere on the grandfather's side of the family, but no clue if it's still there. But they make it very clear. Johnny Manziel's family was not that well off to where he would have been flying around in private jets, didn't need the money as they showed, ran on every talk show, was the line parroted by pretty much everybody, was an idea that came from his buddy Nate. And nobody looked into, Dad, in the same fall 
all where Manti's fake girlfriend dominated headlines and no one felt like looking into the veracity of that anywhere along the line in the media. No one checked into this neither. Not a banner year for sports journalism and fact-checking no. going on. No, it really wasn't. You had some of the biggest names in broadcasting or doing shows saying, well, he comes from money or talking about the money. And you were just like, wow, did he pull one over on you guys? You know, bottom line to me is he loved money and he loved the fame. And you know what? He's not alone. Who doesn't, especially at 19, 20 years old, even at 60 years old, people love money and they love fame. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what he unfortunately didn't realize or was didn't want to do or wasn't able to do is there's more that comes with it at each level. If you want to continue with the money and the fame, there is also this that has to be done. And while he didn't have to do a lot of this in college, he did it the next level. And he just and while others understand that and are able to, as I used before, assimilate to what they need to do, he wasn't and or didn't want to. And that cost him. So I'm sure there's regrets. I'm sure there's no regrets on what he did in college and how he lived it because, my God, like you said, you guys are right there the same age going, man, this is awesome. And who wouldn't want to be in that position? But it's one of those positions where it eventually caught up with him because he, he you know, let's just say, it, he basically couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle what he needed to do. Yeah, and I think that's always been the bottom line when you talk about the way teams approach that is, hey, if you can get away with this, and listen, I knew guys during the week on my teams that would go out on Thursday nights, you know, the weekends that we had games would do stuff like that. And it's like, really, I, I, I mean, that was, you know, in the 2012 season. And I was like, I don't care what you do away from the field when it comes to that, right? Like, what do you put in your body to that standpoint? Unless you're putting yourself in harm's way, obviously. That's the one thing in all of this. Johnny's in charge of himself first and foremost, but if you're a friend and you see someone spiraling, you're going to want to reach out and help all them. But it's, hey, if you want to go out at night on a Thursday night before the game, as long as you show up and handle business and are good to go on Saturday, I'm not really going to say a whole lot. And that's sort of the, I think the general MO dad, and I'm sure it was the same way for you around the NFL is, Hey, as long as you come in and handle your business, what you do away from here is yours to keep. Mike, we had a guy uh, when I was playing, I won't say for what team or what coach or anything. We had a middle linebacker who went out the night before games, whether home or away, would break curfew, go out and just get hammered, right? I mean, that was that's that's what he did. And on game day, he played he played great. He 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 did a great job. So, and the coaches knew that he went out and did this. And you know what their response was because he was playing well on the field. He said, "Listen," they said, "Listen, go do what you're going to do. Just don't take any of your teammates with you. Go alone." <laughs> I mean, that that was it. Because he was he was handling his business on the field, so they were like, "Okay, you know, go ahead, continue to do your thing. Just don't just don't bring anybody with you." <laughs> One of the rare instances where anyone inside an athletic department would advocate for the total opposite of the buddy system: don't go anywhere alone. <laughs> Always have someone with you. If no, 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 this is a you mission. We need yeah. you ready to go in this way, and we need you to not be an influence on anybody. Which I'm sure everybody complied with that. Nobody else ever went with him, and it worked swimmingly. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure it worked just great. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my God. Uh, total. Luckily, total nobody ended up in jail. I was gonna say that's the that's the the main goal uh, in any instance like that. So I, I thought the Manzel documentary was largely fine. Dad, Hard Knocks going on the other night. A little bit of a different story. Um, 
this seemed like a big old Aaron Rodgers love fest night yep. one for hard knocks with the Jets. If it wasn't abundantly clear, and listen, they're going to frame it like that. I'm sure at this point, hard knocks, which has trouble getting teams to want to buy in, has to kind of make them feel the love as their concession at this point to get a team, especially one with this many entertaining storylines as the Jets on there. But it seemed to go above and beyond. But I will say, the reaction of the players did seem genuine. And, Dad, you saw either a bunch of young guys who had not seen a Hall of Famer up close and personal like this or guys that had just been around the league and had been through what they had gone through the last couple of years with Zach Wilson and the quarterback round, Robin, watching their eyes light up in seeing what a Hall of Fame quarterback can do for everyone else and how much easier their lives are all going to be, that is so real. And that is the one thing you understand why players are also willing to forgive some things personality-wise. You heard them all clamoring for Aaron Rodgers. It's because, man, they see the difference of when you've got a guy there and when you don't. And, man, that was evident. The reverence that those players and the awe that those young players had for Aaron Rodgers was amazing. Imita just sitting around in a circle, throwing the ball, imitating his no-look passes. Uh, you know, players, young players going, oh my God, I started watching you when I was 10 years old. I mean, just, just the wow factor was amazing. And listen, this is what, if Hard Knocks was going to be with the Jets, this is what we wanted. Who are the personalities going to be? And Aaron Rodgers, he seems so different than his last couple of years in Green Bay where he seemed miserable, right? Part of that was on him. Part of that certainly on the organization. And, and sometimes when you say, well, the grass isn't always greener, at least from Aaron's personality side, the grass seems way greener here, right? That was when I, when I saw him at the Tahoe event, uh, we were chatting the night before it started. And I said, you know, what, what's the biggest difference? And he said, it's just weird driving down a different road to go to practice, which means everything is new. You know, and there, so that's like, you know, that Christmas morning, that newness to it that he experienced. And he seems way more laid back, not as uptight. And there, there are certainly Aaron Rodgers detractors out there and people that love Aaron. I've always gotten along well with him, but he certainly had a bitterness to him for the last couple of years. There was just a, a head knocking with he and the Packers. And this just seems like a love fest. And he seems to have softened a little bit to it as well. So that's what this show needed, him and then Sauce Gardner on the other side, who is a great personality as well, to be kind of those main guys. And, you know, Salah's been great. Albrecht, is it Al Albright, I think, or Albrecht, the D coordinator who is a linebacker in the league, love him, got a great beard, great beard. Um, so digging him, obviously Hackett's a big part of it because of the relationship of, of he and Aaron Rodgers. So... It was very cool to me. The one thing that stood out to me, Liv Schreiber, the the actor who I watch in in the series, Ray Donovan, I'm a big fan of his. He stopped by practice there. I had no idea it was his voice doing the no. voiceover for Hard Knocks. No, even even as even he, what did he say? Even his mother or somebody said it doesn't sound like you. It doesn't. I had even when I heard it was him, I listened more intently, and it still didn't sound like him when I see him in a movie. Or a TV show. That was probably the biggest surprise to me of the whole show. 
Hundred percent. Usually a voice like that. I mean, hell, anytime like one of us gets recognized, it's usually the voice in public because yes. that's what people are yes. used to on radio. I remember when Chris Collinsworth's sons were at Notre Dame with us, and I met Chris outside the bus, and I heard his voice. I turned over to you. I go, "It sounds just like Sunday Night Football. Like this is incredible." And with Liv, it's the same thing. I kept waiting for it to click in, and it never did. And Aaron Rodgers trying to manufacture excitement from everybody else in yeah. that yeah. was also peak Aaron Rodgers. I need you to like my thing because I am yeah. so excited for it. And I made this happen <laughs> and it clearly did not go over nearly as well as no. anyone involved thought it was <laughs> going to there. So overall, relatively entertaining. I did look up, by yeah. the way, Rob Sala starts their team meeting with the story about how crows will peck at eagles and then the eagles will fly up into the sky until they die. Total malarkey. I have found nothing on any reputable website to back up Rob <laughs> Sala's claim. He did not let the truth get in the way of a good story. The Stugats is strong in him. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, uh, as you can probably tell because you didn't hear their voices, unfortunately, I had some technical difficulties with our friends over at the Cooligans podcast. We'll get them back on here at a later date and talk some of that World Cup we promised for you. The thing we can deliver on today is high-quality polarized sunglasses at a very affordable price. Before we get to this, that, and the third, three quick stories to finish off your day, do want to make sure you're ready to go for the home stretch of the summer here with our friends at Knockaround. If you, perchance Major League Baseball fan, want to enjoy the home stretch, they got the first nine teams of their MLB collection. I wore the Dodgers sunglasses to the Taylor Swift show the other night, played for the hometown. They matched the outfit all good. They got the Padres, the Cardinals, the Cubs, Yankees, and Sox. They've also got the U.S. women's and men's national team sunglasses that you can get so you're ready for match day. Get ready for Paris right now. If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail, and we don't want to stop doing our part. All of those. So don't be the one squinting at the sun or getting sand out of their overpriced shades. Head to knockaround.com for great sunglasses starting at just $28 and use code GOLIC, that's G-O-L-I-C, to get free shipping on your order. Dad, uh, let's get to this, that, and the third. And a couple of heavy stories here to start the day. Yeah. The first one more inexplicable than it is heavy. Northwestern's athletic director, Derek Gregg, had to come out and express his extreme disappointment and members of the football coaching staff that were wearing shirts supporting the fired Pat Fitzgerald on Wednesday. Coaches and staffers were sheen, were photographed Wednesday sporting shirts that said Cats Against the World with the number 51 that Pat Fitzgerald 
were while he was a football player at Northwestern on them. This in the wake of Fitzgerald being fired after an investigation into hazing allegations within the program. And dad, I don't know why it's so hard for people to just do nothing sometimes. Like I get in football, we tend to lionize all these programs, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world that turn everything into the chip on their shoulder, right? This is not one of those things you make into some sort of football chip message, especially with everything we know about this, bringing more undue and really nasty light on your school at this point based on these actions. I, I just don't understand how people can't help themselves sometimes. Uh, that, that's just being so tone deaf. I, I, I just, I don't understand it. And listen, these coaches, I'm, I'm sure they back Pat Fitzgerald and him saying he knew nothing about it and that whole whole thing that was talked about, you know, leading up to this and then all the, the former players coming out and the lawsuits going out with the hazing and the sexual abuse. And obviously not only in football, but in other sports, Northwestern's got a lot to deal with. And there are those that are going to be on Pat Fitzgerald's side. But man, you got to read the room. You got to read the area. You got to read the school. You got to read everything and say, this is just not a good idea. You can back Pat Fitzgerald, but this ain't it to do publicly when all this is coming against the school. Like you said, you can use things to put a chip on your shoulder. This ain't it. This is not the way to go. So I was pretty much shocked they did it. I'm sure it became that, yeah, you do it, we'll do it. Yeah, let's, let's show them we're behind them. But man, this just did not seem like the smartest thing in the world to do. And I want to be clear, the players, while we have seen the letter of support that came out during all of right. this, the players aren't mentioned in any of this. This was the adults in the room that decided right. the appropriate response to all of these allegations was to make a t-shirt. Like, what are we doing, fam? And when asked about this, the interim coach, David Braun, said, it's not my business to censor anyone's free speech. We need a lesson on the Constitution. Free speech ensures you won't go to jail for what you say. It doesn't mean you can just pop off at the mouth like this and do something. I, I The Venn diagram of people that reference uh, amendments and free speech or the Second Amendment and people that actually know what they entail seems to be circles on opposite ends of the room. So... We will leave that in the rearview mirror mercifully and hope it goes away. Dad, let's get to that uh, also in serious news from mm. yesterday. Former uh, Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs was sentenced yesterday um, in the fatal uh, crash that killed a woman and her dog in November of 2021. He was sentenced to at least three years in prison. And while that was certainly one of the headlines, Eagles wide receiver Devonta Smith made the other headline. He was excused from practice, Dad, to attend the hearing of his former Alabama teammate, um, the 23-year-old who will now be in prison for at least the next three years. And uh, dad, obviously this is an incredibly sad situation for the life that was lost and how senselessly it happened. But uh, much like we saw with Derek Carr, who at the time spoke out and talked about being there for Henry Ruggs, uh, you're seeing another one of his former teammates going there. And if nothing else, being there for someone that was his friend who made a massive mistake and is going to pay dearly for it, but didn't want him to have to do it alone. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things we talked about in the sport. Like when you get injured in a sport, you become kind of invisible to the team. This is nowhere near in that case. This is about as bad as it gets. I mean, obviously the worst thing here is the life lost here. And it was on Henry Ruggs' shoulders. I mean, he was the one driving drunk. I mean, it was on him. So, And all of a sudden it feels like he was alone 
uh, in dealing with all this. I'm sure he had some support, but just from the area of professional sports and Devontae Smith was just saying, listen, you know, I, I, I need to go be with, you know, my, as he called him, my brother from another mother. I need, he, he I, I don't want him alone while he's going through this. So I appreciate the move. Again, what Ruggs did is on him and there was a life loss. And that is the main thing here. The sadness of this and, and the horrific outcome of it. Uh, but for Devontae Smith, just saying, listen, this guy, he, he's been through a lot. He's going to go through a lot. And it was his fault. So he is going to go through what he's supposed to go through. I just, I just want to be there to put an arm around him. Yep, and so uh, that news final now, and uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, again, doesn't bring back anyone who was lost and no. doesn't change those circumstances, but the legal process playing out here. All right, we want to take a quick breath, and we want to get to the third. We know those, that was a lot, and we want to finish off with a little bit of fun for you guys so you go off into your day feeling a little bit better about some things. And why don't we let it be this, Dad? As we get to the third here, Wendy's is reportedly releasing a pumpkin spice flavored menu items for its fall, including a pumpkin spice frosty and pumpkin spice cold brew set to accompany it this September, Dad, for a limited time. Where are you at on pumpkin spice hitting the streets all the way in September? Well, listen, this is September 12th. I mean, this is late. Listen to some of the other. Your mother put a late. list together. She's a wonderful field producer uh, going on here. August 1st, so it's already happened, 7-Eleven beat everyone with their pumpkin products and apple cider donuts. August 7th, Krispy Kreme, two new donuts, pumpkin spice, cheesecake squirrel, pumpkin spice, maple pecan donut. August 16th, uh, Duncan is back with their spice products. And then at the end of the month, Starbucks is as well. So actually, Wendy's is kind of late to the party. I am going to try it. Uh, without question, not the cold brew. I know you like the cold brew, but the, the pumpkin spice frosty, are you kidding me? I am one of those, Mike, you can't start things early enough for me. We get into this battle every year when you can put up Christmas decorations and what other ho uh, holiday are you stomping on by going to the next one? Screw all that, man. I'm putting up decorations sometimes before Thanksgiving's, uh, Thanksgiving and putting up my decorations and playing music. This, th this isn't before any other holiday. We got no holiday, we just have summer. And I know the pumpkin spice is considered fall, but you can't start early enough for me. So I'm game, I've already jumped into that pool and I will continue to jump into that pool and start it as early as you want. I just wanna be abundantly clear, what do we call it when football players go and begin the process of getting started for the season? We call it fall camp. So as far as yep. I'm concerned, as soon as the pads come on and we start getting ready for football season, baby, it's fall. And while we might not be cold enough to bust out flannel yet, you can be damn sure. It's not like pumpkin spice is just tied to the pumpkins on Halloween. Nah, baby, this is fall. And like Dad said, you can put Christmas decorations up November 1, as far as I'm concerned, and you can start eating pumpkin spice as soon as you damn well please. Turn on Christmas carols while you do it. None of this is real. Eat Arby's. Do it all. I'm very excited for this. I hope everyone else can get what they want out of this, man, because the pumpkin spice frosty, I don't know how it took us this long to get here. Mana from heaven well, that, being delivered. Yeah, that that I'm going to hit. And this Krispy Kreme pumpkin spice cheesecake swirl, I'm going out today and getting one of those. Exactly. Live free. Break off the shackles of society's expectations. Download, subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review this podcast. Leave it a five-star rating. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go.
Money in the bank.